Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Nick Sports Talk with your host, Nick Squartino. So today we've got uh, another jam-packed episode with a lot of interesting news to talk about. Um, we'll be talking about J.J. Watt signing with the uh, Arizona Cardinals, um, Russell Wilson giving his four-team trade list, um, some hockey talk regarding the Devils and um, the MVP race currently going on in the NHL, Um uh, Lloyd Pierce being fired as the Atlanta Hawks head coach. Um, some some spring training recaps of the games that took place yesterday. And some very good soccer news regarding Barcelona and some te- other teams around Europe. So starting off, we'll uh, dive right into one of the bigger topics. And J.J. Watt signing a two-year deal worth $31 million with $23 million guaranteed with the Arizona Cardinals. Now, this is essentially... A very good deal for the Arizona Cardinals because not only do they have Chandler Jones, who's been a very good off- a defensive threat, not offense, defensive threat to a lot of different teams with his ability to uh, uh, for pass rushing and various other moves that he's got in his skill set. You sign J.J. Watt, who's been like that for the last 10 years. He's been great for Houston coming off the edge, and... You know, he's reuniting with his other uh, Texan teammate in De- uh, DeAndre Hopkins, which is, uh, you know, cool for him. He, you know, he's already he already knows somebody in the team. So, um, but they sign him and don't have to give up anything. Whereas, you know, they traded David Johnson for DeAndre Hopkins, but that was also a one-sided trade when that happened, considering... DeAndre Hopkins is the best receiver in one of the best receivers in the NFL, and David Johnson is a uh, running back who hasn't had a stel- who has had w- one or two stellar years uh, as a starting running back. So he now joins Kyler Murray, as I said, DeAndre Hopkins, Patrick Peterson, Chandler Jones, and Marcus Golden on the Arizona Cardinals, who I think this year can actually make a very good uh, run into the playoffs. With you know they've got the offensive threats. They've got the, they just bolstered their defense a little bit, maybe sign one or two other defensive pieces, and I think that they'll be able to contend for a Super Bowl. So, J.J. Watt currently has 101 career sacks since 2011, and Chandler Jones has 97 since 2012. So, they're essentially getting two guys who have a combined 198 sacks in their career between them. And, as I said before, this is a great move. Um, transitioning to another team in the NFL, uh... The Dolphins have cut Kyle Van Noy after one season since signing him to a four-year contract uh, at $51 million, and he'll definitely draw some interest in free agency. He had 69 tackles and six sacks in 2020, and by doing this, the Dolphins saved uh, $9.75 million in cap space, which will be good for the Dolphins, who are going to need to sign some more offensive and defensive help in the uh, long run if they want to compete Uh later down the road uh, next year. David Johnson has actually, as we spoke about him earlier regarding his trade with DeAndre Hopkins, he reworked his deal with the Houston Texans, so his contract is now worth up to $6 million, including $4.25 million guaranteed instead of $9 million in 2021 with $2.1 million fully guaranteed. Last season, he ran for 691 yards and six touchdowns. He only played in 12 games due to a concussion that kept him out for a few games, and he was on the COVID-19 protocol list. 
I still th- I still think personally think that they should have just moved on from him and fully began a rebuild, even by trading even trading Deshaun Watson and recouping some young pieces and draft picks back for the future because they're not going anywhere. That is just something that is not going to happen. You, Deshaun Watson has also even told the new head coach that he doesn't want to be there. So if why would you say we're going to keep a player if he doesn't even want to be there? And I understand the whole he committed to his uh, four-year contract extension, but it doesn't make any sense now why you why you would want to keep a guy who doesn't want to be there if you can get a lot of assets and draft picks back for him. So I think that in the next few weeks, uh, some some trade talks with him might start uh, happening and uh, we might get some more solid evidence as to whether or not if he'll stay in Houston or go somewhere else. Um, Russell Wilson has named his four-team trade list that he will waive his no-trade clause to, and it consists of the Dallas Cowboys, the New Orleans Saints, the Las Vegas Raiders, and the Chicago Bears. I don't fully understand this because... Um, you know the Saints have uh, uh, Drew Brees uh, for now, unless he uh, he still needs to re-sign a contract, I believe. So we'll see what happens with that. They have Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. Um, the Raiders have Derek Carr, and the Chicago Bears have Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky. And the Cowboys are most likely going to re-sign Dak Prescott. I have a feeling. I'm not sure Jerry Jones is going to let him walk for free. But some, the teams I really see making the moves for him are the Cowboys, Raiders, and Bears. I don't really see the Saints uh, making any sort of play for him. And the Cowboys, if they were to do this, will most likely do a sign-in trade with Dak Prescott, sign him to a contract, and trade him. And uh, we'll, we'll most likely throw in, you know, I, I think that the the trade market for Russell Wilson would be, you know, two first-round picks, maybe a second in a second thrown in um the Raiders can trade Derek Carr and some picks and the Bears can trade either Nick Foles or Mitch Trubitsky for uh some picks as I said before so it'll be very interesting to see what the Seahawks organization decides to do with him because as of right now he hasn't Russell Wilson hasn't formally asked for a trade but it'll be very interesting to see what decides to uh, what they decide to do with him in that instance, in that situation. So, our final piece of NFL news is revolving around Kyle Rudolph, who has been released by the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings will now save $5.1 million in cap space, and Rudolph, who is 31, will become a free agent for the first time in his career. I feel like Seattle might actually end up making a play for him now that he's a free agent because Greg Olson retired this year and they need a tight end. And Rudolph has proved that he could be a very good tight end. He wasn't, uh, you know, he didn't put up absolute career numbers these past few seasons. But you know, since they signed Kirk Cousins, he hasn't really uh, seen the ball come his way a lot. So I think that you know there will be teams in play for Kyle Rudolph's uh, services, and he'll uh, he'll end up liking where he goes. Moving on to the NHL, um, some sad news in the sense of I'm a big Devils fan, but Nico Heischer is still out after taking up a deflected puck into the face, and we're still not sure when he's going to return, so hopefully soon, because he was just starting to get his groove back. He uh, he had two goals in uh, three games, 
and an assist or two, and it was nice to really see him come back with the captain's patch on his jersey too. But he, it's you know, taking a puck to the face is never easy to necessarily come back from because it hurts. <laughs> so Pavel Zaka was uh, was on a tear and with at least a point in. In 10 games in a row, and his stats for the season so far are 6 goals, 8 assists, and 14 points. But unfortunately, his point streak uh, ended at 10 following the 2-1 loss to the Islanders last night. And I have to say, that was one of the worst games I've ever personally watched because the Devils looked flat in just about every category. Aaron Dell was fantastic, but when the Islanders start taking a bunch of shots at you, you know, there's going to be a few that go in when your defense isn't playing that great. And there's really nothing you can do about that. So Aaron Dell looked really good. It's nice to have a have a really nice backup to Mackenzie Blackwood, who, you know, he can't start every game. He's going to have to take a break. But um, they'll, uh, this weekend, uh, tomorrow and Saturday, they'll be playing the New York Rangers. So, you know, it'll be nice to have a, have a little rivalry going this weekend. But... Going transitioning back to Pavel Zaka, he has actually stepped up a lot this season since they've come back from COVID. And uh, the the biggest test that the Devils have coming up is they need to play 46 games in 80, 80 days, which would be very tough for a team. You know, still getting their stuff going back from uh, COVID because it's not very, it's not really easy to come back from this virus. And they're they're doing all right, but you can tell that there's still some fatigue left in the team, and that's going to be like that for the next few, uh, few weeks. So, hopefully, hopefully they can uh, do something with that, and they can not necessarily lose all these games, but they can be comp- at least be competitive. That's all I'm asking for this season: be competitive. It's a shortened season, so you know. I didn't have super high hopes for the team this season because they're still young, they're still developing, and. We'll see how it goes from there, but it's gonna be t- it's gonna be a tough schedule for them. So we'll see exactly how this pans out, and I will keep you guys updated on that. The MVP race in the NHL right now is currently between Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid, who are both absolutely killing it for their respective teams so far. McDavid has 14 goals, 26 assists, and 40 points, and Austin Matthews' stats are 18 goals, 13 assists, and 31 points. But Austin Matthews was on a a point streak with 16 games with at least one point, but that uh, that ended uh, on February 22nd, unfortunately. I still think, as of right now, um, Connor McDavid is... If the season were to end today, I think that he would be named the MVP, but we will see how... The, we'll keep I'll keep you guys updated as to how these two are doing um, on a weekly basis. Um... For the final piece of the NHL news, uh, Sidney Crosby, the um, player for the Pittsburgh Penguins, is now on the uh, COVID-19 protocol list for the uh, Penguins, and he currently leads the team in scoring with 7 goals, 11 assists, and 18 points in 20 games, so that's a big loss for the Penguins, so we'll see exactly what they, how they do. Um, if they want to, you know, continue to win games, they need Sidney Crosby out on the ice for them, and... If he's not there, a lot of different people are gonna have to step up for them. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see exactly what happens with them. Moving on to the NBA, Lamelo Ball and Carl, uh, Carmelo Anthony had themselves a game Monday night. 
LaMelo had his first 30-point game of his career. He finished with 30 points, 8 assists, 6 rebounds, 4 steals, 1 block in 32 minutes. And Carmelo Anthony finished with 29 points, 2 assists, 3 rebounds, 5 steals, and 2 blocks in 32 minutes. The Hornets ended up losing 123-111 to to the Trailblazers. So, you know, the Hornets didn't get the win, but LaMelo Ball has been proving to everybody that he is here to stay, and he is a fantastic point guard right now for the uh, Charlotte Hornets. Lloyd Pierce was fired as the Hawks head coach, and Nate, Mc- Nate McMillan will now serve as the interim head coach. McMillan didn't actually want the job, but Lloyd Pierce convinced him to take it, which is quite interesting. And the Hawks are currently 14-20, and 20 and um, we'll see how the Hawks bounce back from this, if they can. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see exactly what the the Hawks do and how they play under McMillan. The NBA All Star Game is actually taking place this weekend, March seventh, and every event is happening all in one night in Atlanta. They'll have the Skill Challenge and the Three Point Contest at six thirty p.m. Eastern Time, and then at eight p.m. Eastern Time, the All Star Game will start, and at halftime, the Slam Dunk Contest will happen. I appreciate them wanting to get everything done in one night, but it's a lot of events to happen all at once, and I don't necessarily know how this is going to go because it's a lot of moving pieces all happening in a span of a few hours, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. I just, I still, I've said this before on my podcast talking about how I don't fully understand why there's a need to have an all-star game during a pandemic where a lot of the teams want their players to be healthy so they can compete for a um, title. But we'll see exactly how this happens. And I don't think having a bunch of players congregate in one area from different teams, different cities is necessarily a smart idea. But it is nice to see the All-Star game happening. I, I, I do enjoy watching it every year, but... I just think this is the one year they probably could have done uh, not had it, but you know, sometimes you gotta just put on a brave face and see what happens. But I will, we will stay updated with that if anything changes. Um, now, moving on to the MLB, we have one um, interesting story that came out today in. Aaron Boone has taken a medical leave of absence from the New York Yankees to receive a pacemaker. It was reported that Boone had mild symptoms that included lightheadedness, low energy, and shortness of breath over the past six to eight weeks. And it turns out that Aaron Boone had actually had a heart condition since he was in college called bicuspid aortic valve, which is a congenital defect where the valve only has two cusps to manage blood flow instead of three. And in 2009, he actually had open heart surgery to replace his aortic valve. So I just hope for him that everything goes well and he can get back to the Yankees. He can get back in the Yankees dugout as soon as possible. And of course, when he's ready to. So my thoughts and prayers go out to him as I know this is a minor, you know, minor procedure, but he, it's, uh, it stinks to hear somebody, uh, have to have something something like that uh, put into their chest because of uh, symptoms and any, anything revolving around the heart. You need to be careful with that. So, but you know, 
at least he's he's going to get it in so he these symptoms and everything stop hopefully stop and he'll be ready to go uh, by the time the season starts so now we're moving on to the spring training score updates from yesterday's games so I'm just going to do a quick rundown of the list. This is I'm not going to go into depth of any, of any any of these games cuz they're spring training games. So it's, you know, it's the starters will play for for like two or three innings and all these minor league guys will come in and play. So once we start getting into the uh, the regular season and the season starts, I'll uh, I'll for sure give uh, more in-depth looks into uh, certain teams games and uh, games that happen throughout the week. So the Yankees beat the Orioles 4 to 2, the Angels beat the Reds 5 to 1, the Tigers beat the Pirates 6 to 1, the Braves beat the Twins 6 nothing. The Cardinals and Marlins ended the game 0-0. The Red Sox beat the Rays 9 to 3. The Blue Jays beat the Phillies 4 to 2. The Mets beat the Astros 2 nothing. The Cubs beat the Royals 3 to 2. The Texas Rangers tied the White Sox 5 to 5. The Indians beat the Mariners 6-1. The Athletics beat the Brewers 2-1. The Padres beat the Diamondbacks 7-2. And the Dodgers and Giants tied 1-1. So every week, I'll probably, as spring training is going on, I'll, I'll most likely give a rundown of uh, games that you've missed. So uh, we'll keep that going every week. And moving on to our final section, which is soccer. So... Manchester City have beaten uh, the Wolverhampton Wolves, so you have 15 points clear in the Premier League, and they've currently won 21 straight games. That is very impressive, and right now Manchester City is playing unbelievable football under Pep Guardiola. And I think this is his, his real plan all along, and it took a few years to get the pieces together, but if there's one thing right now, the best center back pairing in Probably all of Europe currently is Ruben Diaz and John Stones. They have been an unstoppable force for Manchester City. So, you know, I'm sure that they're going to end up making a deep run in uh, Champions League with their play, with them playing the way that they are now. And as of right now, it looks like they're clearly the favorites to win the Premier League. So, you know, good for them. Um, Juventus has beat Spezia. I'm sorry if I butchered that. I've never really heard of this team in the Serie A, so I'm just saying, uh, I'm going to say it how I think it's uh, pronounced, uh, to keep their title chances alive. Arsenal had a nice win against Leicester City 3-1, and they are playing Burnley this upcoming weekend on, uh, this upcoming weekend on Saturday, so we'll see if they can get a nice little win streak going. Um, Barcelona has moved into second place following their win against Sevilla. Uh, they won 2-0. Gareth Bale scored two goals for Tottenham this past weekend, and they beat Burnley 4-0. Um, and then Christian Pulisic uh, has had an interesting tenure so far at Chelsea. And he was a regular uh, first-team player these la- uh, under Frank Lampard, but more recently under Thomas uh, Tuchel, he's been a bench player and I, I don't think that this is my, you know, my love for United States players playing overseas, but I just think that he deserves a little bit better because he's proven to Chelsea in the past that he could be a fantastic player. But I understand, you know, there were some injuries uh, regarding him and 
you know, he has, he's had a few hamstring problems and they were working on a program to uh, help him recover a little bit better. But I just, I think it's, it's time for him to move and go somewhere else to continue developing as a player. Cause he's a fantastic player, but I don't think Tuchel necessarily likes him that much because Chelsea signed Havertz and Timo Werner and all these other guys over the summer. So I have a feeling that, uh, the summer transfer window is most likely going to lead to his exit, which is unfortunate, but I think it will be best for his career if he moves somewhere else to uh, get more playing time and get better uh, over as an overall player. Uh, our final topic is um, regarding the Copa del Rey that had just concluded a little while ago, and Barcelona defeated Sevilla 3-0 in the semifinal, to push ahead and send themselves to the Copa del Rey final this year. Um, goals are coming from Usman Dembele, Gerard Piquet, and Martin Braithwaite. In the 72nd minute, though, Marc-Andre Ter Stegen saved a penalty shot from Lucas Ocampos, who, which was a great, great save by Ter Stegen to keep their chances alive of uh, winning this game. And then... Unfortunately for Sevilla, uh, Fernando had gotten a second yellow card in, late in the extra time, around the 93rd minute, and Sevilla went down to 10 men. And since that, it I mean, when that happened, it led essentially led to a beautiful setup from Anton Griezmann, who uh, Diego Carlos tried to clear the ball away uh, off the, not off the goal line, um, like out of the box, and he cleared it to essentially straight to Antoine Griezmann, who ran ran towards it, got the ball, and Diego Carlos followed him. But Griezmann had a nice little cutback move, cut back onto his left foot, and crossed the ball and straight to Gerard Piquet, who headed it home to uh, throw the, send the game into extra time. And then Jordi Alba had a very nice cross into Martin Braithwaite, who sent the ball home to put the dagger in uh, Sevilla's chances of hopefully uh, scoring a, a crucial away goal to tie or well, win the game. So it was very nice to see Barcelona uh, win a game like that. But we'll see uh, now they got to focus on catching up on Atletico. So that concludes this week in sports. So next week we'll, uh, we'll have another episode talking about some other, hopefully some Uh, more big topics that come out and once again thank you for listening this is nick scortino signing off